Non-League Wanderers is a Mainstand Musings original podcast. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Non-League Wanderers. Hendo's not here yet, so I'm going to quickly run you through a few of the things we're going to get through today. We're going to talk about our trip to Main Road FC on Monday. We're going to have a Who Am I? We're going to have uh, some non-league news and a very, very special episode of The Best is Archers. A Christmas special, no doubt. And uh, here's, here's the man himself. What music? What, what was it? The, G- the German National Anthem? Yeah, well, what's that playing for? Well, that's what the new boss wants. New boss? Yeah, we, we met him on Monday, don't you remember? What, Mickey? Yeah, Mickey. He's, he's put me in the hot seat today. It's all changed. What ground? This. This is the real non-league Wanderers club. Ticket prices getting you down. Who are the other players making you frown? Whether it's Dan at Saturn United or watching Geertet, you'll be delighted. Join us, follow our lead. Join us and follow non-league. Right, then the first thing we're going to do is uh, your Who Am I? Have you prepared one? I certainly have. Wow. Um, I'm, I normally give you a little you know, taster of whether I think you're going to get it or not, and I'm a little bit concerned about this one. Oh, yeah? I, yeah, I just don't know, because I'm, I'm starting to run out I'm, <laughs> of like properly well-known people. So, anyway, we'll, we'll just dive right in. Um, January transfer window, though, isn't it? Yeah. So you never know. Right, by like... Granite Xhaka or something. Um, he's rubbish, isn't he? Yeah. Right. So, okay. five clues-ish. Um, fun fact. And you have to guess who it is. It's a player that used to be in the league, now is in, playing in non-league. So, I was born in June 1984. That makes me thought 34 years old. In Putney. And started my professional career with Sutton United. Ooh. So this is an interesting one, isn't it, James? It is, Because yeah. they've started in non- non-league. After 27 goals in 85 games for Sutton United, I moved to Barnet, uh, which was in the conference. Then I helped them earn promotion to League Two in 2005. After Barnet, I had spells at Southend and Charlton, and then made the move to Middlesbrough, where I am perhaps best known for playing. Three seasons in the championship at the Riverside. Somi scored just four goals in 111 appearances as Tony Mowbray converted me into a more defensive-minded midfielder. Four goals in how many appearances? 111. That's all competitions. Um, After two seasons with Millwall in the championship after leaving Borough, I'm now back at Sutton United. That's nice. Uh, where I played for three seasons, the past three seasons. Uh, fun fact, despite my parents running a fruit and veg stall when I was younger, I claim to have never eaten a vegetable. Really? Yeah. Wow, that really. is quite a claim. So, are you beginning to see why I think it might be a bit difficult? Quite, I have a couple of ideas oh, yeah. here. I'm, I'm, good. I'm, I'm happy. I am actually really happy about that. Yeah, I must say your delivery today was less enthusiastic as usual, but maybe that's because of the new boss. Who knows? <laughs> might be but Mickey. I will find out who you are. Uh, <laughs> as, as Mickey replaced me as well. He replaced me with, a, yeah, really. with an ex-league footballer. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I'll let you mull that one over in the hot water. Yes, and you often do. As we move on. Yes, we shall. We shall move on to Main Road FC. Whoa! So... Um, for a bit of chronology, shall we? We're recording this on a Thursday, and we went to Main Road FC on Monday. Monday night football. Monday night football. Underneath how many lights? Six. Six lights. Well, three on each. Three on each. Yeah. Eighteen bulbs. Eighteen. <laughs> talking about eighteen bulbs. <laughs> a serious bulbage that we've got there. A bulbasaur. Yeah. The stadium. If you will. Shall we start from leaving the front door? Yeah. It was a lovely evening. It was one of those evenings where you leave and you go. I'm. I'm really happy. I'm going to some football. It was cold, crisp. Starry yeah. night. I was bouncing. Yeah, I couldn't wait. You don't get starry nights in Manchester, really, do you? No, I've made that up. I, I don't know whether it was starry or not. <laughs> no, it probably wasn't. Could have been raining, I don't know. No, um, it was nice and dry. And we were heading out, and what was exciting me was that we'd never been this low before. Yeah, we, we worked out this is tier 10 mm. of the 
football league of the English well, not, football system system no, yes not, not division league. system specifically pyramids. not league <laughs> lots of different things um, obviously We'd had basically we couldn't go to a game on the Saturday or the Sunday, so we were desperately scrabbling around. Well, we, for a game we could on have gone night. to one on Sunday, but the only option was Northwich Victoria, <coughs> <laughs> which we didn't fancy the, the journey into deepest darkest gesture on a day when probably people were on strike and Sunday services nonetheless. Mm. Didn't so, fancy it. No, and they are also Ultram's greatest rivals. Is that why you didn't fancy? Yeah, it? that's you why. I, that's that's the reason. Right. That's the reason. Um, so we headed to Main Road FC, founded. By fans of your great football club, I believe as City supporters rush home or something along those mm-hmm. lines back in the fifties. Yeah, which is it's convenient for us here in uh, in, in Salford, just a, a tram ride away. Yeah, which is such a luxury. Yeah, it is a luxury. I mean, the other one we've had was Ashton, but that was such a long tram ride. That was awful. Thing is, we changed on this one, but we didn't change on that one. But this one still felt nicer. The changes at Cornbrook at the moment, so we have got down to a T. Honestly. Honestly. I, I, I can't remember the last time we waited more than a minute at Cornbrook. It's arriving. They're queuing up. They're queuing up. Yeah, so two <coughs> tram stops, and then you get let off at the Morrisons. We do. In Charlton. Which is significant in this story, mm. because we needed cash. As I'm sure many listeners know, not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of non-league teams take card on the gate, do they? And that's that's even with, that's we're talking national league. Yeah. Never mind the North West Counties Division One South. It's <laughs> very so, you've got that down Twitter. You practice that yeah. one. Apologies. I should apologise right now because we are both suffering seriously. We've been we've been rehearsing today, which has made our throats worse. But we've been suffering from a, a bad case of serious illitis. A case of main road throat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps. But the. Uh, so we didn't find any cash at Morrison's, unfortunately. No, that is that is a, a, a point. If you want to write, if you're going to write anything down from today's show, it's that Charlton appears to have no cash points. <laughs> yeah, so get cash beforehand. Uh, but it was okay because I had enough to cover the both of us. Yeah, thankfully. Um, so we headed off, sort of leaving Charlton High Street behind. We imagine as 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 it goes. Um, and you pass some establishments such as Chicken Cottage and Sun Sun. Sun Sun Chinese Chippy. Um, and eventually you sort of leave all sort of um, retail behind. Right. Commercial world is long, long behind yeah. us in our wake. You enter residential Charlton. You do. Which is lovely. Lovely. It reminded me of a certain Jesmond, mm. just in the, the leafy townhouses kind of vibe. And also from the high street, it got a bit from the, the bars we saw were a bit edgy, a bit Charlton lively. Tap, weren't they? Yeah. Was it cold? Yeah, it was. Quite nice. Looked all right in there. Um, and what, one of the things we saw was a nativity yeah. scene. Not, not actually Do you a remember the church's name? Um, oh, that's awful, isn't it? I can get you the church's name. It was something about Wilbraham, it wasn't was, it? It was Wilbraham St Ninians. <laughs> Wilbraham St Ninians. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Straight off the top of the bonds. Wow. Um, <coughs> so Wil, Wil, Wilbrahams have put quite what I should call an interesting nativity scene up above their front door, haven't they? I assume it's not intentional. <laughs> But um, the two uh, adult figures, sort of... Silhouettes. Silhouette, yeah, it's completely silhouette. It's a 2D image above yeah. the door. Um, and the two adult figures, sort of leaning over the baby Jesus, is unmistakably Ben Kenobi and Darth Vader. <laughs> ben Kenobi on his knees in front of Darth Vader, Yeah, no less. Yeah, submitting to it. Yeah. Um, and the, the poor, poor little baby Jesus is just having to watch this... This violent murder happened in front of you. Clearly an execution. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which was... Well, we took a picture of it. If you head um, to the report, you can see the picture of this. this is it? Picture. Is it? Has it made it in? It's made it in, yeah. Um, and it was one of the things that we liked about the journey. Speaking of biblical aspects, we walked down this road for so long. Very nice, straight, wide road. It was a very nice road to walk down. And we could see the floodlights of Main Road FC from behind some houses and it was the longest stretch of houses without a road in separating them that I've mm. ever seen the longest block if you will very houses. long block if someone um, said you know I'm just going for a walk around the block you'd see them in a week yeah it would, be, it would take a serious circumnavigating that is it'll be come back Francis Drake come back with some potatoes and tobacco whatever rock bead <laughs> come back with some pepper um, <coughs> excuse me so we, uh, we circumnavigated the, uh, the block of houses and made our way round 
St. Bede's. St. Bede's playing field, St. Bede's College playing field. Yeah. Um, and you could see the sort of biblical UFO landing that was... Um, now, I'll tell you what. Main Road, what baffles me, <laughs> is that Main Road FC, who are quite literally named after a road, their stadium is called... Brantingham Road. Yeah, I know. So interesting, isn't a it? A different road. And it's not even on the main road. No. Which is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, so double confusion there. With or without any, doesn't apply. Exactly. So, we could see this and we got all the way... Oh, we passed a Hindu temple. Yeah, we did. That was quite cool. So we were very multicultural on the way in. Yeah. St Ninians and the Hindu temple. Our um, blessings. Covered our bases, if you will. Yeah. And then... Um, well, we headed around, and, and as we were getting there, we started to think, there's not going to be a crowd at this place, because there was no noise. Uh, yeah. It was silent. I think the only thing that signified that it was Main Road's stadium, if you can call it that, ground patch of grass, was the floodlights. Yeah. Everything else said that's just an astroturf. That's just a, a, a patch of land over there. Didn't look like... We'd looked previously, and it said it was like two thousand capacity 2,000, 700 covered, 200 seating, or something like that. Yeah. And I was looking, I just can't see being able to fit 2,000 people around that pitch. But there it was. I suppose the size of a football pitch, the circumference of a football pitch, when you could probably pack stud two, three, at a push four people deep. Yeah. And then plus the 200 seated, you you probably could get more people in there. It would be very interesting to see um, how they work that out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. if they, there's a breakdown like how they know it's 2,000 or do they just take Main Road's word for it that it's 2,000 people yeah, about, about 2k about, <laughs> so if like say city city proper city yeah turned up come to that later yeah we will <laughs> if city turned up and everyone and their dogs turned up how many would you be able to fit in probably 2,000 I reckon so. I don't think it'd be very comfortable, and I think yeah. if you were behind three or four people, yeah. and it, yeah, it's not anything. it's not tapered. It's not at a point where people near the pitch are lower down. Like yeah. If you're small and you're at the back, you've got no chance. But fortunately, there was no one there. <laughs> well, official attendance was seventy five. Yeah, I've that's true. Up afterwards, to be fair, well, not to be fair. In in, in contrary, I thought the uh, the car park was very full, considering how few people were there. It was, yeah, but. Like excluding players and stuff, I suppose. Yeah, players, coaching staff, um, and the people, there was the three or four house. people working yeah. in the clubhouse, which we'll also get to later. Um, and we were thinking, this looks like the sort of spot that you may be getting for free. Yeah. Turned up and there was a man, a solitary man, guarding the turnstiles, like the bloke who guards the, the Holy Grail in Indiana Jones. One turnstile. He's been there. There was an intern style and an out oh, yeah, style, yeah, which right, was yeah. completely unnecessary because there was also about three other ways out. <laughs> we so, could have got in for free quite easily. Yeah. But these sorts of not, things you we, want to pay, We didn't want you? to. We didn't want to get in for free. I'm just saying you could. You want to, you want to support the local community. Make note. You think this fiver going to them, you know, between us, that's £10 they, they would, wouldn't get. And that £10 could go surprisingly far for a club like that. So we paid our way in, um, realised it was a very quiet affair so we thought oh, we'll walk down towards the seating yeah. with, with a couple of benches so we, we, we went behind the goal and then across and round and as we as, as we were going round I noticed a, a tall lanky lad youngish mm. look you up and down and yeah then, I didn't, didn't notice this myself so I'm glad you had my back <laughs> and then slow and I tried to whisper to you that I realised he was following us as well yeah so I was like, okay, well, he's walking this way, so let's just stop at this at the corner of the pitch. That's why you stopped. Obviously, I didn't know. So that's why I stopped. I was like, yeah, I'll let this lad go past well, us. And if, is... and if he then hovers around us, I know we're in for a bit of trouble. Yeah. And yeah, I thought you just stopped for a nice picture, because I, I put an Instagram story up while we stopped there. Little, <laughs> well, yeah. Completely unbeknownst to me, this man was about to yeah. sort of stalk up behind us. Which is exactly what he did. And what did he say? You will lose Wednesday. He said, you will lose Wednesday. And uh, I mean that took us by surprise because we didn't know what was going on <laughs> because we didn't know who was us. Even though he said you, we were well, like, "Well, who's us? <laughs> and what's going on on Wednesday? Who's losing? Who's yeah. winning?" More to the point, couldn't at this point I thought he was just sort of slightly out of breath and a, and a little bit scary. But as it turned out, he wasn't English. He wasn't English. He was German. And what he was talking about, he was making reference, which I caught on to pretty quickly. I was wearing a city hat, a Manchester City hat. And he was a Hoffenheim fan. He'd come from Hoffenheim 
and he decided to come to watch Main Road FC. Yeah. A very interesting man. We had quite a long chat. You didn't really say much in the conversation, <laughs> oh, did no, you? No, I was scared. <laughs> you were scared. No, I, just, I was, I was humouring him at first, but I managed to get a few details out of him. Um, he follows Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim around a lot, and he apparently does a 800-kilometre round trip for ev- home games. every single home game. Oh. 800 kilometres. Well, he said he lived in Bavaria, didn't he? Yeah. And he travelled to Hoffenheim for the home games, and he'd been to... He'd been to Lyon. He hadn't been to Shakhtar in no, the Champions League games. That took me a few times to ask him, though. Yes. I asked. I said, uh, did you go to Ukraine to, to watch Hoffenheim against Shakhtar? And he, yeah. Because in the end, he called it like... Ukraine. Ukraine or something yeah. like that. Um, which is fair enough. He had really good English, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and he was... Def- I think he was younger than us. He seemed younger than us. Yeah. But then he was seemingly travelling on his own. Yeah. I don't know. Unless he left. But I mean, people travel on their own in all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting old now, James. We, we are getting old. That's very true. Um... So yeah, so he said um, you will lose Wednesday. He, le- he then said to you, "You lose against Chelsea." Yeah. You lose again against us. Yeah. That's what he said to you. Which we can. It is Thursday now, and we can tell you that was not true. No, it was not true. They 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 looked Look first good. first half for all the world until Leroy Sanders free kick went in. Um, exactly the same as last time in Hoffenheim. Yes, they scored first and then we scored twice. Yeah. Well, he'll have had. I'm sure, even though they lost a whale of a time in the away end. I'm, I'm sure. It, if he ever got to the Etihad, yeah. he's not still wandering the streets. Well, he was quite fascinated by Main Road FC. Um, he told us on multiple occasions that this is the real City Club, and for what reason? Uh, because this is football. This, this is in amongst the houses, <laughs> in amongst the cars, in amongst the cars, <laughs> the roads, the grass. <laughs> it didn't sound like that at all. Did no, it? he didn't. No. <laughs> We're trying it. We're trying. But yeah, he just stood at the corner, and this was pretty much his passing words to us: "Was this." Is football. He held his arms out like like the Wayne Rooney, like when he scored that overhead kick, and he held, puts his arms out, looks up to the sky, and just goes, "This is football," which is so profound. And I was just retorting back with, "Yeah, you know, I mean, like Manchester City do a lot for the community." <laughs> yeah, you were going like, "No, well, we're we're the real City club. Always have been, always will be. You know, we do a lot for the community." And he's going, "No, this this is the real City club." He was he was on an intellectual level. I'd say a spiritual level that we couldn't even dream of achieving. I think he was among the gods. Some would say <laughs> some would say he was a demigod. Yeah, I'd have that. Came to deliver and impart that information to us. And I for one am privileged that that we met Mickey. Maybe he was the one in the manger. Surrounded <laughs> by Darth Vader and everyone could over. Yes. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> So then he goes, um, anyway, I'm going to go sit down. And we went, right, we'll walk in the opposite direction. <laughs> we went, thank God. <laughs> um, Praise the gods. <laughs> finally allowed to laugh about the situation. Yeah. And that's sort of when it hit us what sort of other people were there. Yeah, well, I mean, we when we walked in, there were very, very, very few people there. I'd say probably about 10. Yes. Um, and as Mickey walked off, the players walked out, didn't they? Mm. And uh, that gave us a little bit of time just to look around and see who we were surrounded by. There was uh, a few blokes walked past us, weren't they? Quite interesting fellas. Yeah, first one, if you're a fan of Atletico Mince, the podcast by uh, Bob Mortimer and Andy Dawson, you will know of Bob Mortimer's Phil Jones impression. And this bloke had that exact voice. And the only words we picked up were the words, led to believe. Mm, led to believe. Oh, I'd be led to believe. I'd be led to believe. I'd be led to believe this. I'd be led to believe that. Um, so what on earth what on earth he was talking about but he yeah. had a knowledge of Charles he, he, we could only dream yeah, uh, he was um, he was definitely a United fan um, and the lad he was with had a Main Road FC programme in his pocket yes. which we were unable to find anywhere no idea where they came interestingly from. I think he made it himself <laughs> and then another man came it was I don't really know how to describe this he was quite a tall man I expect bald probably in his 60s with a yeah. woolly hat on quite a big coat and he was trying to pull his sleeve up, presumably to look at the time. Yeah. And as he pulled his sleeve up, his hand was in this limp position, which did not change at all. No. So limp but turgid. Yes. So yeah. You know the, the, the 90 degree angle that your hand makes? If you hold your arm out and leave your hand to go completely soft, then it, it approaches this 90 yeah. degree right angle at your wrist. Which, and if you try and look at the time... That's often what you do. You yes, have it at yes. that angle. You, take, you put your arm down, fingers out the way, let's have a look at the clock. 
But this hunt stayed in this position for a good minute or so. And he was struggling to get that and watch. I think, I think he got frostbite or something, because once he'd finished with his watch, he still could not return the hunt. I think it was a fake hunt. It was, yeah. it was his brass hunt. It was either frozen or he had a brass hunt. Um, and, you know, at Main Road FC, I would not be surprised if a good number of their yeah. fans had brass hands. So to, to try and avoid the direction of traffic we went round the other side to go behind the goal and as we were making our way over there we got accosted by the raffle ticket man he was the most clueless individual <laughs> he was so funny we um it was a, a quidditch and I didn't have any cash so I was like oh can you sub us again Hendo etc etc usual routine and he said oh sorry I'll just do one between you and so what he does is rips two off one for each of us <laughs> which is <laughs> already he's already got it wrong as you hand him a pound you would have paid two but you only had a pound yeah. and changed left and then we just said oh what do we win a speedboat fitting kitchen and what did he do he hit me on the shoulder sort of tapped a very friendly it was like a backhand a friendly backhand slap and yeah. just went hi mate Fitted kitchen and walked off. He said it's so nonchalantly though. In, like, in that moment, I completely believed I was getting a fitted kitchen by the end of this game. But it wasn't in like a way where it's like, yeah, you know, he's a dodgy salesman. He's, he's yeah. lying to you. It's just like he just repeated what we said. Yeah, we like, could have said anything. Went, oh, yeah, mate. fitted kitchen. And if we'd won, we'd have got that fitted kitchen. We would have. We didn't in the end. As it was, the person who won, there was absolutely no draw, no reveal. For this entire second <laughs> Such half. Such an anti-climax. <laughs> the entire second half, he was just walking around the ground, asking everybody if this was their number. That's about three times. <laughs> with a bottle of Prosecco in his other hand. Um, it's like Smithy with the wedding book. <laughs> but the irony is, is they have a, like a, a public speaker announcement system. Yes, they, announced, they announced the teams yeah. as, they, as they walked out onto the pitch, but this man clearly had no access to that, so... Uh, he was forced to ask every one of the 75 people more than once if, if this was their number. If this was their number. And by the end, he did find them because just to skip ahead so we don't have to tell this part later, on the tram home, um, we were with some lads who had that, bo- <laughs> that very bottle of Prosecco in their hand. Yeah. Carver, I think it was. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was, yeah. Okay. Um, I thought you might have got it in like the eating for £10 at M&S or something. No, it's the £4 from... Uh, and just kept from, the food for himself. £4 from Waitrose, I think, that one. So, onto the game, I would say. Yes. Um, it was Main Road FC versus Vauxhall Motors. I don't think we mentioned the away side. Yes, it was Vauxhall Motors from Liverpool Way, mm-hmm. not from Vauxhall. No. Wherever Vauxhall is. South Birmingham. London. Oh, is it? I thought it was in Birmingham. I think there maybe is one. Yeah, maybe. There's probably one in a lot of places. But yeah. the, I think original Vauxhall, where the cars come from, is uh, south. just south of the river in London. There you go. We think this is where... They're called Vauxhall Motors. We presume it's where the plant used to be, I suppose. Yeah. Got a history of car making as Liverpool. Yeah. Isn't that still where Jaguar Land Rover have a big factory? Fact. Fact for you! So, um, they went one up pretty easy. They were the better team, weren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, Joe Brandon... Now, I think we've concluded we don't remember anything about this goal. <laughs> no, what we do remember, however, is the goalkeeper of Vauxhall Motors telling the uh, the main road supporters behind the goal who scored. Yeah. Because clearly someone was marketing the programme. Yeah. Presumably to send off to the league. Yeah. You know, for official stats. Um, and he was like, oh, mate, who scored that? Vauxhall goalkeeper turned around and he went, oh, it's uh, Brandon, Joe Brandon. He never scores. Well, Which is just a lie. He just did. Yeah. Um, so and then go. the second goal was a wonderful free kick mm. although which we noticed, we noticed more as the, as the game went on the keeper was about four foot one I think he was smaller than me yeah 100%, 100%. seriously was. He, was he was minuscule between the sticks yeah. um, he, had, he had a wonderful left foot but his right foot was terrible but, <laughs> so this free kick sailed over I think it was in the top corner anyway I'd say it was unsavable but who knows Jordan Pickford probably wouldn't have saved it. We'd have gone with the wrong hand. But it was a wonderful free kick. And the goalkeeper turned around and said, that was Joe Brandon as well. But it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was David Webb. David Webb, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. this goalkeeper's clueless. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I don't think he plays with Vauxhall. <laughs> just turned up, stood between the sticks. Um, so it was 2-0 before we knew it. Um, we'd sort of started to move our way. We were, we were covering a different part of the pitch with each sort of five minutes that yeah. passed. And we'd moved ourselves round relatively close now to the where the managers were stood. Yeah. This is where the ball came over to me and I kicked it back to them. Yes. You you 
you took it. You took the ball by the arms. You go. I'm not going to throw that ball. No. I'm going to kick it. And Jesus Christ, did I nearly fall over <laughs> the the ground? Having said before that it wasn't raining, it wasn't raining. There was just lots of dew in the ground, which I imagine just had been there for a long time and decades. I, th- I thought it was quite a nice pass, to be fair. That was a good I pass, felt yeah. the connection, and yeah. I was like, you just lovely in step straight to the keeper, but my standing foot gave way, <laughs> <laughs> and I just. If I didn't have my balance with me, ooh. <laughs> I, I think I think you got away with it. Yeah, I did. Um, and then uh, Tom Keyworth pulled a goal back for Main Road. Yeah, and we again as the match went on, this became more apparent. He was clearly the best player in the pitch. Very good. Very 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 talented boy. Hard worker. Yeah. Played the full ninety. Was the only one who looked like scoring. The number nine for Main Road started up top and just kind of drifted around them. <laughs> Every position you can imagine. Yeah, I don't know what he was playing by then. No. <laughs> uh, but this lad, uh, he got put through level, as we could pretty much tell, because he had the pass played into him pretty much in a line with us. Yeah. Linesman was right in front of us, didn't give offside. He went through, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, tidy finish, and the amount of stick the officials got from the Vauxhall manager, who no, was a bit of... Yeah, he was... He, he, you know, there's a word... Often, des- that often describes Liverpool fans. Begins with G, ends in height, and, uh, <laughs> and that's 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 how I'd describe him. Yeah, it genuinely was, and he was absolutely considering the liner was bang in line with it, and he kept saying to the liner that he hadn't kept up with it. Yeah, as had the number four, the centre half of Oxford Motors, who was also a horrible, horrible man. He was basically he was like they were like two peas in the yeah. pot, the manager and the Vauxhall number four. Yeah. Awful, awful Brutes of men. Yeah, and he wasn't the captain. The captain was number five next to him. Yeah. It was just some, some big But lad. he was screaming at everyone. Yeah. The amount of abuse he gave his own players, as well as the officials, the opposition players, was remarkable. Crossy. Whoever Crossy is. He, near the end of it, did didn't he? Near the end of that. Kyle as well. Um, <laughs> this manager, just to add a little bit of colour to it, was um, there was a, a flying tackle went in from, from one of the Vauxhall players. Um, the ref had his yellow card out. Quite quickly. Quite quickly. It was evident he was going to book it. Yeah. It was. It in terms of the challenge, it probably just about got the ball first, but yeah. absolutely flew through this lad. And uh, the Vauxhall manager just shouts, "Well, I don't get it. There was no intent, ref. No intent. Oh, for what? Okay. To play the ball. To take the man. To do what? Anyway, went in um, at two one, and this is where we entered the clubhouse. Yes, the club. Oh, the clubhouse. The clubhouse was the best part. Of the match day experience, yeah. I would say, and I think for these kind of clubs, that's kind of where they draw people in. They're not people aren't staying for the football, are they? You know, you got your family and friends there, just going to watch whoever they know on a weekly basis. But to get the people like us and the random geezer off the street in, they got to put on a good spread. Yeah. They got to put on a good show in that clubhouse, and they did. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a community feel to it. It was a little bit like a parish hall room. Yeah, or, or, but smaller, like like, more like cramped. The, like the back room of a church. Yeah. If you went to Sunday school or whatever. That, it was like that sort That of was made more so by the fact there was a pew in there. Yeah, a real life <laughs> pew. Yeah. So we quite literally pulled up a pew. Yeah. Um, and we paid lovely, cheap prices. Yeah. Which would be proportionate later on in the scores. Yeah. Uh, £4.50 all in for a can of Diet Coke, a hot dog and a meat and potato pie. Yeah. You can pay going on four fifty for the pie. Yeah, at usually. A lot of places. So, good prices. Um, carpeted, sort of children's drawings on the wall. Yeah, there was a very good one above your head. Yeah, like the sunset. sunset. Yeah, yeah, that was very nice. Series. I bought that. Um, I had the cash. <laughs> Didn't. Um, and uh, we sat down and one. your hot dog was... What I'd call overboiled, And I, what I mean by this is... and uh, Well... I got excited when I walked in because I saw the condiments table. Mm. And in my head, condiments table means burgers. Mm. Which I was foolish enough to think there would be. Because there was nothing... I didn't hear any sizzling or anything like that. So in reality, burgers were a lunch shop. There weren't any burgers. I looked on the menu and they had pies or hot dogs, basically. And in, again, in my head, and perhaps in my foolish nature, but I always think kind of like grassroots hot dogs are just like sausages in buns like your oven sausages in buns but mm. there were those hot dogs the plastic hot dogs the hot dogs that you boil hot dogs that come in a tin and they are awful at the best of times awful and I looked over as soon as I'd ordered no he got yours first because we ordered together so yeah. you got your pie kind of dark coke right? he's like oh you wanted a hot dog didn't you yeah 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 and I was looking around where's he getting these hot dogs from 
And I saw this cauldron <laughs> on the stove and I was like, oh, he's not, is he? He's not. And he has his huge tongs. Gets his marigolds on, you know. Like you're going to put like Dr. Emmett Brown and who framed Roger Rabbit when the, uh, <laughs> what, I can't remember what it's called, the slimy poison stuff. And he gets his tongs and he goes and he gets his, gets his hot dog and it's tiny. <laughs> he puts it in the dwarf by the button and gives it back to me. I'm looking at that like, I'm going to need some serious condiments to make this worthwhile. Go for my usual hot dog technique, mustard and ketchup. Fantastic. If you've not tried it, try it. Brilliant. That's what the Germans do. And uh, went down, sat down on my hot dog. I knew it was going to be terrible before I tried it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had the pie. There was steak and kidney or there was meat and potato. Smaller than usual than yeah. you'd get normally. Sort of the size of an overgrown mince pie. I'd call them, yeah, I'd call them pocket size. A pocket pie. Pocket pie. If you wanted to, you could just pop it in your little shirt pocket. <laughs> you could actually. Warm your breast up, <laughs> take it home and eat it later. Mm. So I had that and it was one of those pies that I, I'm sure I've spoken about this before on the podcast. It was one of those pies that you cannot distinguish the solids within. Yeah, and for those that have listened to the podcast before, they'd know that there's no easy answer to this. It's about balance. It's all mm. about balance. Obviously, I didn't have the pie, but when we went to Salford in episode one, the pie was so dry. It was just a meat pie. Mm. This, other end of the spectrum. A liquid pie. A, a li- really hot liquid pie. Um, and uh, the pastry was actually dead nice, but... The insides tasted nice, but was just that sort of molten gloop. Um, so, you know, not ideal. I assume your Diet Coke was as standard. Yeah, it was very nice, yeah. Um, Filled the hole. <laughs> and there was a bar there that was shut. <laughs> yeah, we've got so, a photo there. Um, yeah, that, you can see that on the uh, um, written up report thing as well. On mainstandmusings.wordpress.com. Superb. So then we headed out um, for the second half and we moved down towards the standing section yeah sheltered so there were two sheltered areas one on the far side which pretty much stretched the majority of that touch line yeah. and one on the other side which was only beyond where the manager the managers yeah, dug out maybe about a third of the pitch yeah perhaps and it wasn't well populated but it was populated by three very interesting people yeah one of which I only just realised as we were leaving actually had been stood near us in the first half. He was the one who we thought looked a bit like a scout or something because he had yeah he had his laptop uh, not his laptop like his iPad with him, um, and as it transpired, he must have been some sort of scout because we walked down into this sheltered section, and then he had moved into the sheltered section as well and was stood with Mark Bradshaw, who is the newly appointed he's had one game in charge manager of Curzon Ashton yeah. in the National League North, the successor of John Flanagan. Yes, exactly. Who we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, we did, of course. Um, so he was there, um, stood there in his Curzon Ashton hat. He, you'd already met? I, yeah, I recognised him because I had um, interviewed him on the Saturday, which is why we couldn't go to a game on Saturday, because yeah. I was at the FC United game, which we'll have to go to as a non-league wanderers trip, because it was, it was a good day out, actually. Yeah. Um, I went there, they were playing Curzon Ashton and, and I met the managers afterwards and, and he was one, so I recognised him. I thought, God, James, that's the, that's the Curzon Ashton manager. Who on earth is he scouting? I reckon he was just probably there to look at the lights or something. He was like, get some of them lights down at uh, the Thameside Stadium. Um, because I don't know what player he's going to be looking at. Maybe um, the number 10, Tom Keyworth. Yeah, but, perhaps. So those two were there and down the other end was a man who we have described as a sort of yellow man turtle. Yeah, somewhere between Wario and Master Rugway from yeah, Kung Fu Panda. That's exactly because he was he stretched out his neck, which emerged from his body like a shell, and you could see the wrinkles on it as well. So it was like proper turtle, like with and a huge chin. He had and he had the Mario mustache and the Mario mustache. Yeah, Wario, Wario, because he was in a high vis jacket. In a high vis jacket, yeah, which made him yellow. <laughs> um, Very visible. So well, highly visible. You might say. And. Um, he had a flask with him, so he was clearly prepared. He looked like the sort of person who'd been coming to watch um, Main Road for a very, very long time. A man comfortable being there on his own. Yeah, like part of the crew, part of the ship. Like, I would not have been surprised if he just melted into the wall afterwards. I'd say he's probably the second longest serving fan after a man we, we've not mentioned yet, and we should. A man we've dubbed Greg Grasshoppers. Yeah. And uh, for those who've listened to the Best Archers previously, you may understand why. 
Shall you? Do you want to uh, yeah, explain well, a bit about Greg Grasshoppers? We thought that Greg Grasshoppers probably looked like someone who used to play there. You, you, maybe their record appearance maker or, or scored a shed load of goals for them. <coughs> Excuse me. And he was sat there. He brought his own, his own chair. Yeah, he was behind the goal. Behind the goal. Um, he had two crutches. Two crutches. Um, rather than three. <laughs> and um, he had a hat on that was the shape... <laughs> The, the, the shape of yeah <laughs> like what they wear the people who work on the Death Star but aren't stormtroopers but it was the it was bright white which made it look a bit like a smurf it was really weird yeah you described it as like a trading cone yeah that you dribble around in a, in a Sunday league trading <laughs> yeah um, and he was sat there and the first we heard of him was when he shouted half time the thing is I, I, I knew there were a lot of shouts in that first half and I think in good. retrospect they were probably him, but the first time we noticed him was when uh, he decided to stand up on his two crutches and shout, Half oh, time, ref! When there was probably about 10 minutes to play until half time. <laughs> yeah. He started crabbing. Yeah. He started crabbing because he didn't want to take his eyes off the game for one second. He started crabbing towards the, yeah. the clubhouse before half time. And then when the half time whistle went, he didn't even go to the clubhouse. He just wanted to be near the corner of the pitch where the players went <laughs> off, presumably, so that he could like, give them some words of wisdom. It's so strange because we looked at him and then we looked away and we looked back and he like moved a few inches and then he, you never you never saw him mid strafe you know? <laughs> <laughs> never saw him move but he, he was so strange it's like, like when you're watching Longshore drift over a period of time he did strafe that's that's the perfect word for it. <laughs> so Master Rugway we were then trapped okay because where, yeah. we, where we were stood if we wanted to move to the left and get a different angle of the pitch we had to walk past Rugway. And if we wanted to move to the right, we'd have to go past Greg Grasshoppers and potentially Mickey. Yeah, well, Mickey was the one that worried me most. Yeah, so we were kind of stuck where we were. Yeah, we wanted to move to the seating section, didn't we? That's why. But we weren't going to risk it. No, not at all. So we stuck where we were for the rest of the game. Um, I would say that main roads were... I wouldn't say their football was better in the second half, but they were improved in terms of... The chances they created. They just they were just more in it, weren't they? Yeah. They were just more in it. And yeah, I'm not sure if that's more to do with Main Road or to do with uh, Vauxhall being poor and yeah. letting them into the game. Yeah. But in the end, they couldn't get an equaliser and um, Vauxhall Motors killed it off when they got a penalty. It was Joe Brandon, who, remember, never scores. Never scores. Um, he won a penalty... Safe to say Greg, Greg Grasshoppers was not happy at all. No, he wasn't. He was fuming. We thought he probably did look for it. It was one of those where the defender comes up behind him yeah. and he goes down forwards and you sort of think, how much you know, yeah. contact was there there? Silly by the defender though, really. Well, yeah, you're asking for it in a way. Um, Brandon picked up the ball um, and really good penalty, I'd say. Yeah, according to the keeper, he's got a hand trick. <laughs> yeah. and that was not for the want to try on Main Road's part they, uh, they, had a, they had a sub warming up for how long about 60 minutes about oh, 60 minutes yeah he got on and we don't think he touched the ball <laughs> no poor lad um, they had about five people up front by the end of the game didn't they Main Road all yeah, of them were rubbish yeah, yeah that's so true apart from um, apart Ke- from Keyworth apart from Keyworth was good and number nine was playing at centre half or <laughs> Some, somewhere else I've written down here that Greg Grasshopper shouted well done referee when he oh, gave, yeah, after when the penalty yeah, got scored did, yeah. he stood up on his crutches and shouted well done referee um, so the game was coming to a close now and that was when we realised that Master Rugway had started to leave his uh, southwards migration you might say yeah so he um, he walked round the end of the behind the goal that we hadn't been behind yet and that's when he stopped and turned and watched the game there was nobody else behind that goal. No. He was the only person. And um, then he started walking backwards, uh, which was an incredible skill. He started walking backwards to watch the game. Then, then he Only stu- years of Kung Fu training allowed <laughs> to do that. Then he stood in the seating area, opposite us. Yeah. So it was literally just as if he didn't want to stand next to us anymore. <laughs> and then he disappeared. And then he completely vanished. But the weird thing was... He reappeared. <laughs> in a completely different section of the stadium. <laughs> Which was the most bizarre thing is, he, mu- he surely would have been... What- I don't know where he went for that period of time. Clear. Because this is where the high-vis comes into play. <laughs> Wherever he was... We always knew. We would have been able to see him. We saw him at every single inch of his movement towards the exit. Then he disappeared completely. We just assumed, oh, he's gone early. But then he reappeared in a completely different area, which is not somewhere you'd be if you were leaving, really. <laughs> so... 
There's no reason he just decided to miss 10 minutes of the game. But he, when, where he was stood, when he reappeared, he did not move <laughs> an millimetre. I don't think he even breathed. So we thought he might have, been, he might have set up a scarecrow of himself. <laughs> a mannequin. To make people think he was still there. Um, and, and thus the game finished 3-1. Um, yes, it did. Um, what is your analysis of the quality of football in the tenth tier of English football? I think what it is is even players with a certain amount of quality and skill on the ball, they don't have the platform to showcase it in a league like that. Because if they're even if they're one or even two good players in a team, they don't have the players around them to give them what they need because. So much of the time, it's just a long ball forward or the wrong choice of pass or whatever. And the ball just doesn't come to them where it needs to come to them. And they end up having to put themselves almost out of, out of position. In the, in the example of the striker, uh, the number 10 keyword for Main Road, who we thought was actually quite good. The only time that he got the ball where he needed it was the one time he scored. Yeah. So it showed he had the ball. I quality. think he scored actually as well, but it was an offside. It was called offside, but I don't think it was. It right. was very tight. So there's just what I find is there's just so there's so little opportunity to show how good you yeah, are. In that but thing. then we noticed him, didn't we? That's true. So maybe the maybe Mike Bradshaw, the yeah, Curtis Nashton boss, might. Have there's been there's thinking. two things, two comments I want to make. What do you want to say? Firstly, the Vauxhall Motors number two. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> 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 it was. We didn't notice him at all in the first half, but when we stood under the the sheltered area, he was right on our side. And for the first period of the second half, he got the ball quite a lot and every single time wasted it. The last time we touched the ball, which was probably about 15 minutes from the end of the match, he put what we described as a punt yeah. forwards, a left-footed punt, which clearly wasn't his strong foot, which had absolutely nowhere and no one passed to him again. No. But he still had a mouth on him, didn't he? Yeah. He Kept chatting. Other thing I'd like to say is the, uh, the main road FC manager did not look like he should have been in the 10th tier of English football. No, he looked like he should have been manager of Espanol. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, dressing quite like a smart jacket, like woolly jacket, and suit trousers, shoes, and quite a stylish haircut and beard to match. Yeah. Which didn't really belong, I don't think. And it was his assistant that did all the talking. All the shouting. As, as is sometimes the case in, in, in you know any league, but um, it, it sort of looked like... He'd just been brought along. <laughs> yeah, to, to make up the numbers look stylish. Yeah. He was just sipping there from a cup of what I was, probably a cappuccino. Yes, he did like. have a coffee, didn't yeah. he? It was like one of those polystyrene cups, so yeah. still a little bit of non-league in him there. But he's just sipping away at that and keeping quiet, you know? Yeah. Interesting. That is um, our analysis of Main Road FC, I believe, unless you've got anything else to mention. Not at all. No? Should we get on to some scores? Let's get on to some scores. Stadium, three out of ten. Floodlights. Food and drink, 5 out of 10. Overboiled. Atmosphere, 6 out of 10. Greg Grasshoppers. Journey, 8 out of 10. Darth Vader. Mascot, not applicable. Not applicable. So what we'll do, as per Dunstan, yep. bit of case law there, bit of precedent, is the Duckworth-Lewis-Ainley method, where we use the coefficient to establish what it would be, because there's only four factors there. Obviously not fair. So we... Uh, do a little bit of multiplication, a little bit of division, and we'll uh, we make it into a, a five-category thing. So, would you like to know where those scores place Main Road? That would be fantastic. Non-league-a-bod, non-league-a-bod, non-league-a-bod. Um, reading upwards, still bottom, we have Salford on 20. Yep. Then we have Curzon-Ashton and the Nash on 24. Yeah. Then with the Duckworth-Lewis-Ainley method applied, Main Road come out at 27.5. Yep. Which is sixth position, third bottom. Dunstan, they also had the DLA um, method applied. So they're on 28.75. Then Chorley, 29. Now we're into the uh, podium places. South Shields on 30. Stockport on 36. And still in the lead, uh, Alteringham on 38. Oh, 
Here you go. Barry's innocent. Order! What's going on? Stupid We're not supposed to shoot anyone. Order! Arrest that man and lock him away. Order! You, Barry Shoreditch, stand here accused. You brought a firearm into the Bessie's Archer's canteen and shot Ronnie Beatles right in the spleen. Have you anything to say for yourself? Well, if Barry could explain. Mr McGuffer told me if I wanted a place back in the team, he had a little job for me. Anyway, if you want to get back in the team, I've got a little job for you. If it's escaped your notice, the team is absolutely right. It'll take a miracle for this team to start playing football. A miracle or a single traumatising event that kicks those boys up the ass. That's why, Shoreditch, I need you to take this sewn-off shotgun and shove it in their bastard faces. Gaffer, Barry's not handled a shooter since Barry was running the strawberry store with Andrew Mark back when he was on BBC Radio Luton. Well, I don't want you to shoot the bastard thing, unless it's just to shit everyone up. But Gaffer, no boss, and it's McGaffer to you, you prick. You see, it wasn't my fault. Don't you drag me into this, you slippery bastard. You're the one who shot the f***er. Your only hope, Shoreditch, is if Professor Beatles comes out of that coma and decides not to press charges. Until then, you're free to go. Over the next few days, attention turns from the Shoreditch case to the weekend's game. We'll be lucky if this game goes ahead today. The rain's coming down in stair rods. Oh, look. Here comes the ref. Nah, no, lads, uh, safe to say that the game's off today. It's like running sun that pitch. I swear I saw the pans out there in the mud. Uh, we, we might be alright, like just to postpone it for tomorrow if it lets up. Uh, uh, I've got a room booked at the Bile Dirk, so I should be alright. I'll uh, see us. We've had that ref for four games. I've still got no idea what he's saying. Yeah, where's the end of my? Yeah, what about the Christmas party tonight then? Jesus, I hadn't thought about that. I think Donny Savage is organising it this year. I'll have to lay down some rules so it doesn't get too out of hand if we're playing tomorrow. Just a few hours later, the clubhouse is round full of the Bessers players. Midfielder and first team captain Irwell Gallagher has been informing his teammates about their restrictions ahead of the coming fixtures. Two points? Is that it? Barry needs at least seven to get wobbly. Alright, Shardich, don't shoot anyone. Shoot anyone? If someone keeps Barry away from that booze, then Barry, Barry's committing mass murder. <laughs> Very funny, Buzz, but thanks to you, it's the Christmas meal and we haven't got a chef. Ah, oh, it's a bummer. Unless, Donny, have you made any alternative plans? I gotta get out of here. Which way? I don't know. What am I looking for? Something I can't see. I can feel it. It's magic. Donny Savage. So, does that mean you're the chef? Am I? Maybe I am. Where do we find these clowns? I don't know. It was rhetorical. It transpired that Savage had brought in external caterers by the names of Rick Rolls and Mick Moles. Hey, up. Grub's on its way. Is that... Has he brought his guitar? Hold on. Prepare yourselves, lads. This might be very tough to listen to. is blowing in your face and the waiters have set your place I could offer you a warming taste to make you eat my grub Whoa, whoa, steady on the wine, lads. Game tomorrow. When the evening starts and the wine appears and there is someone there to clink your cheers Oh, I could serve you until New Year's To make you eat my girl Lovers of carrots and sweet lovers I know you haven't made your mind up yet But I know roasties do no wrong I know that when the gravy gets somewhat No doubt your plate's where they belong you won't go hungry when I cook for you And just you wait for the pudding too No, there's nothing you wouldn't chew 
when you eat grow. Not only is your food shite and you're stealing the title from Ronnie Beetles, but you're singing his fucking woeful too. Come on, lads, show them how it's done. To our bestie song We haven't won a game all year Barry's not scored since Blair was in I don't know why you're still here I'd like to tell you about older times Lovers hasn't passed to me You know that lovers is unstable Oh, you can't, can't even speak. Step into pieces. You're not even Scottish. I haven't been the weirdest forever and ever. You're a tight, stuck up bastard. Why won't you sack me? Step into pieces. The ambition's free. Wait, no, it's not. Next year is going to be my year. What is it here? How many days? If I the Firmino flam Where is Firmino? Will he fit in the flam? That Mary Berry's one sad Who's Mark Barry? Can I eat him? I'm telling you that title's mine What happened to your spleen? I'm going to the store Do you want some meat? The only player who turned up to the mass the next day was Les Perry, who Donny Savage chose not to invite to the party. Not even Irwell Gallagher made it. He ended up snorting a metre-long line of cocaine off the restroom floor at 4am. Merry Bessies. One and all. Once again to Jake Hawkyard for the jingle. What we're going to do now, as the jingle suggests, is talk about some non-league news. And you're going to kick off, for example. I am. Uh, a quick update on the FA Cup situation, this one. Uh, so Wrexham went out of the FA Cup after losing their replay 4-0 at Newport this week. They, of course, weren't helped by the fact they still don't have a manager after Sam Ricketts left them. Uh, and they also had Luke Young sent off after 12 minutes, um, still nil-nil, so... That sort of condemned them there. Um, that means so far it's still only Woking and Barnet who are in the third round. Solihull Moors and Southport play next week. Of course, if you're listening to this late, they may already be in or out. Uh, what have you got for us? Well, what I'll do is I'll link on to a little bit of a Woking FC mm. that you've mentioned there and talk about Martin Tyler. Yes, that's Martin Tyler. For those that didn't know, Martin Tyler's got a bit of a history in, uh, in coaching non-league teams. But where he is now is his, not boyhood club, because he never played for him, but the club he supported since he was since the age of eight, which is Woking FC. So he's assistant manager there now. Followed Alan Downson there in May 2018. And he will be taking them to Watford in the FA Cup. Very exciting. Yes. Good, Very exciting. best of luck to them. The cards, I think they're called. Are they? I, th- I believe that's what they're called. Nice. That'd be good for a bit of trivia. Yeah. Should, should we set a, like a non-league... A quiz one day for the listeners. Yeah, could do. That might reveal how few people listen to this, uh, <laughs> yeah. listen to this podcast. Or at least how few that people can be bothered to send the yeah. answers in. We do have an email address now. We do have an email address. That's exciting. I'm not going to re- get it out because there's no reason for you to contact us. We might, re- we might reveal to the uh, at the end of the show 
my next piece is that uh, Altrincham, who are, of course, the scene of episode two, they've now won eight home games in a row. So do you remember when we went, they hadn't won at home? They hadn't scored at home. They hadn't scored at home, even. Yeah. That, that is such a thing of the past now, it bloody well hurts. Do you know what turned turn that form around? Us. Us. Exactly. Um, so they've now won eight home games in a row, scoring 29 goals in the process. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so they are now flying up the league. I think they're about third now, maybe fourth. Um, but the thing is, they have a non-league Wanderers derby this weekend. Stockport County, scene of episode three, um, come to Moss Lane in the first round of the FA Trophy yeah, we this did, weekend. I think we mentioned that last week, didn't we? Um, oh, so we mentioned that recently. If you're a Greater Manchester... Yeah. That's just like a proper classic... Fan. Derby that is Stockport themselves um, in decent form they've scored a lot of goals recently they scored three up in County Durham midweek Tuesday night I think it was they beat Spennymore Town 3-1 Spennymore Town in the playoffs fifth I believe um, and um, Stockport County now three points off the playoffs did Frank score? Mm, I can't remember Nile. he did score he scored the third Ooh, yeah that's it Cool, right. Well, I want to talk about non-league cats, if that's okay. Please do. Um, so this is a Twitter page, <coughs> which we found, because if you didn't know, we've got a Twitter page. Yay! Yay! It saves us having to tweet from our own accounts and on Facebook and stuff, and it helps you keep up specifically with what we're doing in the non-league. Yeah. And just all the cool things that we can retweet and, and tell you about and that. So yeah. please do follow our Twitter account. But... What I wanted to highlight was the non-league cats Twitter page, which we've managed to find across these last two days. A few momentous examples: Farnborough um, FC have a cat who was seen at the Tiverton game recently. Ilfricum had a cat in the stands, spotted last week, and Bromley have a cat called Gareth, who was seen on deadline day. Yeah, he was. He was in the manager's seat, I think. Yeah, nobbing about the ground. He's also been... Um, <coughs> excuse me. He also pitch invaded a few weeks ago. Um, and one of the players had to carry him off. Class. That was brilliant. But what we have found with the Twitter page is that it's mostly just memes. But it's good because they do retweet the yeah. actual non-league cats. The best things are their retweets. If you go on their page and scroll through their media, it's just silly cat photoshops yeah. and like cats flying through the air and, and stuff d- like saving that. penalties and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but the stuff they retweet is people send in pictures of cats at non-league games. Yeah. Which are quite funny. So, yeah, give them a follow. Okay, so before we sign off, we have a bit of unfinished business. We do. Uh, very, very quickly, I'm going to run through the clues for who am I. Yeah, I realised that sounded quite menacing then, didn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, quaking in my boots. So I was born in, in 1984. Hey, we're in the studio. I walked here, I tracked it. It's on the top of the mountain. I was born in 1984. That makes me 34 years old in Putney. Started at Sutton United. Then I moved to Barnet. I got them, well, I didn't get them, I helped them get promoted to League Two in 2005. And then went to Southend, then Charlton, and then I moved north, finally, to Middlesbrough, uh, where I'm perhaps best known for playing three seasons at the Riverside in the Championship. So let me score four goals in 111 appearances. Tony Mowbray converted me into a defensive midfielder. Um, after two seasons with Millwall in the Championship, I am now back at Sutton United, where I played for the past three seasons. Fun fact: my parents used to own a fruit and veg stall, but I've never eaten a vegetable. Who am I? Uh, well, I, I've got. I'll, shall I break it down for you? Yeah. So, 2005 promotion with Barnet. I did a, a season on FIFA 10 with Barnet, which incidentally. Albert Adoma and Yannick Balassi both play for Barnet then. Really? And they both play for Middlesbrough now. No, Villa. Villa now. Well, that was quite interesting, I thought. But yeah. doesn't really ring any bells. Southend, I don't know anyone who's ever played for Southend. Fair. Charlton, midfielders, Scott Parker. <laughs> Not him. No. I don't think. Well, never mentioned uh, the mighty Fulham. Or, no. Or West Ham. Millwall, <coughs> <coughs> there's an El Patel, 
and Sutton United don't know. The only thing that I'm going off here is Middlesbrough, really. Mm-hmm. As I think you should. Yes. And, well, I was thinking about random British midfielders, your Dean Whiteheads, your Adam Claytons, etc., etc. But the only man I think fits the bill here is Nicky Bailey. Is that your answer? That is my answer. You're correct. Well done. And he said I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> slander. Well Severe done. Severe slander. That's superb, yeah. Nicky Bailey. Yeah. Started and now presumably finishing my career at Sutton United. And so that brings us to an end for episode six of the podcast. Mm. So it just leaves us time to tell you to read the report on Mainstone Musings. They've also got a Twitter page now, so go follow them. Follow our Twitter page. That's where you can find links to our Apple Podcasts page, yep. Spotify, Deezer, Stitcher, Stitcher, Outcast, Overcast, Nightcast, whatever. Kill Stitcher. Yeah, kill, yeah and, and you guys can go and kill Stitcher. But that is all from us for now. Stitcher. Yes. Shall I say goodbye? Please do. Ta-ra.